0: Right, so welcome to episode five of Meet the Missionaries, a podcast of the Shady Grove Presbyterian Church in beautiful Durwood, Maryland, where we seek to glorify God and to share with you some of the ways in which He is working around the globe and right here at home. And today I'm excited to have as my co-host, Mr. Phil Fleming. Good morning. And then joining us in the studio today as our guest is Chaplain Russ Eisler of the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry. Uh, Chaplain Eisler has been a minister uh, with this ministry for over 30 years uh, and most of that, 22 of it, has been helping inmates in Montgomery County, ministering to both the Montgomery County Correctional Facility in Boyds near Clarksburg, as well as the Detention Center on Seven Locks Road in Rockville. Uh, He also serves, as if he's not busy enough, as a (laughs) full-time pastor at Montgomery Baptist Church. He is the winner of the Bill Simmer Award, which is a highest honor the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry Organization bestows is given to a minister who stays the course and leads effectively, something to which we all could aspire. So, Chaplain Eisler, welcome. Thank you. Good morning to everyone. Thank you. Good morning to you. And so one of the things that we love to do on this podcast, and really a privilege that we have, is hearing a little bit about the faith journey
1: of the people that we have on. So tell us a little bit just about how you came to faith. Well, I came to faith at the approximate age of 12 years old. I was blessed and fortunate to be raised by two Christian parents. I was the last of nine kids, so I got to see how it worked. Uh got <laughs> to see uh, my parents take us all to church on Sundays, and in those days you were in church six, seven hours. Uh, and I remember the pastor at the time was doing a series about going to hell, mm. Uh as opposed to going to heaven. And I came home one day, and I told my parents, I think I want to go to heaven. And I was sitting in the bathroom because I came home, and that was my little spot I would go to to feel safe for some reason. And I called my dad and my older sister and, and asked them to tell me how to get to heaven. Hmm. And so they told me, and from that point on, uh, I've been a child of God and started at a young age. you getting the last nine and just kept growing and going in the church and seeing God do wonderful things.
0: Well, that's, that's fantastic. And praise God for godly families that you know guide you in the right direction, for sure. Amen. And so, you know, the journey from that to becoming somebody who wanted to devote their lives to a mission, and particularly a mission, you know, to those who are incarcerated, how did all that come about?
1: That's an interesting story. My pastor at the time was an older white gentleman. And he would always go to the local jail to teach an AA class. Years after, he always told me, after the fact that he saw some in me, uh, even though I didn't know at the time that he saw, and I was about 17, mm. 18 at the time, and he would tell me, just come to the facility with me, to the jail, it was a small local jail at the time, and just hand out Bibles. I teach the class, you just hand out Bibles, and if a young man asks you to pray for him, just say a prayer for them. So I thought that was interesting, cool enough. And again, I was about 18, 19 at the time. It took about a half hour to get out to the facility. And he'd always be talking to me about, Have you ever thought about things to do for the Lord, you know, from now, you know, to eternity? That accounts. Hmm. And what really got me hooked on the ministry was I was just getting out of high school at the time. And I ran into a couple of guys I went to high school with. And I asked them, what are you doing here? I, I didn't come here other than to help out, so why are you here? Yeah. And they told me their story. They told me their background. They told me about their family life and what they didn't have in their family, that I had in my family. Right. And it just gave me a desire to keep coming back. And before you know it, I was doing more than passing out Bibles, and I was uh, just talking to more and more young men who looked like me, who I thought were good people but they ended up on the wrong side of the law and it was my goal at that time to really help them that's how it really all began and then from there i heard about the organization good news and prison ministry chap what is the primary focus of your mission work to change lives one at a time uh now the pandemic uh, has changed a lot of things obviously but My focus is to go in every day and leave every day, whether they're one hour or seven or eight hours or nine hours, to make sure I made a a, a difference. And in the life, not just to the inmates that I minister to, but to the correctional staff, to the office staff as well. People often forget. In many ways, they are locked up as well. And Mm. they have many needs. And so my goal every day is to make a positive change. In somebody's life, that will ultimately end up with them being in the kingdom.
0: Yeah, Fantastic. amen. And when you're yeah. when you're doing this ministry, I think that you know you have had since a fairly young age sort of an inside look, you know. And you mentioned that these are young men that you know, in many ways, are very similar to you, similar to all, to all of us, um, mm-hmm. and yet have had some life circumstances which maybe put them in a, in a bad place. Right, um, and so I, I think that you know, maybe, particularly in America, like our vision of what a prisoner is, is sculpted in in large part by what we see in movies and you know on television, which I'm going to guess is an imbalanced yes. <laughs> perspective. Like, what do you think are the big myths that people maybe think about prisoners that that we need to
1: get beyond and and learn the truth about? I think one of the great greater myths that folks got to get beyond is that everybody who's locked up is beyond hope Mm. or can't be helped. Um, We look at TV shows and that could be fine. And sometimes they're accurate, but more often than not, we know that they're not accurate. Uh, I say it all the time. And the only difference between many people I see every day who are incarcerated, from those who are walking the streets every day, going to church every Sunday, is they just haven't been caught yet. Mm. Uh, the difference isn't as wide as people make it out or as the media says it is. Certainly, there are those who need to be incarcerated. They need to pay for their crimes. I understand that. But one of the models we live by in that ministry is if you just get a caged animal in, then you're going to get a caged animal out. Mm. So we, we want to offer that hope and understand quite simply. I've been fortunate, as I stated earlier, to be raised in a good home, but there, by the grace of God, I could be without a parent, I could be without parents, I could be on the streets, I could be in a gang. Uh, Everybody wants to belong to somebody, and if you don't have anybody, then you tend to go the wrong road and uh, end up in jail, but it doesn't mean that there's no hope. That's when hope really begins, is what I tell people.
0: Yeah, I mean, those are... Those are some great points, and I think that, you know, as you as you know, and I'll just reemphasize for the listeners, like that hope uh, is a thing that we really have in, in Jesus. I think a lot of times we look at ourselves and we see the good in ourselves and forget all of the other. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's part of all of us, right? Mm-hmm. The reason Jesus needed to come and, and, you know, die for our sins is because we had them. We had a lot of those, those kind of dark places, um, you know, and I think that many people are capable of things they don't think they're capable of because they haven't been in a situation which would bring those things out, you know. So so thank you very much for for sharing that there is hope, and nobody is beyond hope. Nobody is beyond saving, Mm -hmm. right, on the reach of Christ and and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I think the other thing that strikes me is that in the Bible, there's a number of called-out populations, right? We talk about widows, we talk about orphans, but prisoners— are among those, those kind of plays, like, you know, Hebrews 13, 3 mm-hmm. or in Psalm 69, 33. What, what do you think God's heart for prisoners
1: is? What well, I'm sure you've thought about that a lot more than, than I have. I know that he has a heart for prisoners and he wants us, the people in the church, his people to have a heart for prisoners. Uh, I like to say all the time that it's a great audience when you have him in prison. Mm. Uh, you know, unlike a church sometime where you don't know where your people are, I could go in there on any given <laughs> Sunday right. and I know where they're going to be at. And I know if I just get them to come out or if I go to their unit for any particular class, uh, I have, in more ways than one, a captive audience. And after that, whether it's a volunteer or myself, our goal is to keep feeding them the word of God and let the seed take root. And I have seen many changed lives over the years that started with just a simple conversation, started talking about a football game, uh, but transition into, do you really want to win just this game, or do you want to win the game of life? Mm. Uh, and just transition into the gospel of Christ Jesus. Happens all the time.
0: Is there any particular, without sharing the specifics and identifiers, obviously, is there any particular story that sticks out in your mind?
1: Yeah. um, There's a few of them stick out. Uh, One, we have a lot of chaplains within the organization who have uh, come out of being a prisoner, incarcerated, and now have a full-time ministry. Mm. One local young man, he was incarcerated, about 18 years old, he was in in the mental health department, which is not an area I go to a lot for a lot of different reasons, but sure. I will go when I'm asked to go. And his father had asked me if I could just go see him. And I started to go see him three times a week. Uh, and before you knew it, he was, as the scripture says in one example, clothed and in his right mind. Mm, right. And, and asking about how can he get to know more about Jesus? Well, fast forward, He was in there for a very, very serious charge. Uh, He ended up where the family forgave him because they knew he was on drugs and so forth. Mm -hmm. He got out and currently he is now in college finishing up his degree, you know, to be a therapist. To -hmm. then be able to come back inside and help other people. Uh, I have another story of a young man who went to college, uh, all from being taught the word of God, but wanted to go further once he got out. Lots of stories like that. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So I'm curious, Chap, what, is it, what does a typical day look like uh, in your ministry? Well,
1: that's, that's the, there's the pre-post-pandemic, uh, I mean, a <laughs> pandemic typical day and the post-pandemic. Uh, pre-pandemic typical day, you go in, you get all these requests from various prisoners or from staff, uh, This one needs a Bible. This one needs some conversation. Uh, A volunteer had this going on. You need to change this list. Two, talking with staff and listening to their concerns about various issues. To now, uh, my typical day is more I'm filling orders. When I say orders, I mean people will ask for their variations of our religious supplies that I will have in my office. So we get that uh, together, uh, give it to a case manager who then gives it to that particular intimate, uh, along with John Smith needs to be seen today. Can you come up to unit two uh, to talk to him, to talk to her? Somebody just passed away in their family. Uh, They saw a therapist, but they want to see you as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, To again, hearing concerns of staff just about life in general. You never really know what your day is going to be like. You just know once you get there, there's going to be work to be done. And when I say work, I mean the work of listening and changing lives and offering hope.
0: Yeah. There's probably lessons for all of us (laughs) there. I mean, it's not like you wake up, you're sort of faithful and available and then things unfold Mm -hmm. for you as you, as you move
1: forward. Yeah. There's always a request. Uh, there's always somebody who needs, what we say, some conversation. Uh, there's always somebody who wants some prayer. There's always somebody who wants a Bible, whether it's the King James Bible, because that's all they know, or whether it's the NIV. There's always somebody who needs something. I got you.
0: And then, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about, you mentioned the pandemic and all the changes, and mm-hmm. you guys are just now opening back up. I know in the past you'd had group sessions where, you know, we talked a lot about individual meetings where somebody would want to meet you Mm one-on-one, but but it sounds like some of what you did before was in a group setting and you're looking to get back to that. Is that
1: right? That is correct. Uh, Pre-pandemic, we had classes seven days a week from 25 to 45 people. Wow. Uh, For the last two and a half years, because of the pandemic, we've not been allowed to have any groups gather together obviously because of COVID-19, and that also stopped all our volunteers from coming in for the last two and a half years. Hmm. So what we're doing now, we've got proposals on the table to bring volunteers back to restart some groups. It won't start out with the same number that we had in 2019. It'll be more like groups of six, three or four or five times a day of the various our religions well, we could bring in people to teach this class, teach that class. Uh, it's a start. It's a good start. And we're hoping that as prayerfully the pandemic wanes, those numbers will increase. We do have DVDs and videos that we're allowed to show within various housing units so that they can see some things. But uh, we're looking forward to getting back to that face-to-face Contact within the groups, right?
0: And I'm going to guess, you know, a lot of people have used Zoom and things like that. I'm going to guess in a prison situation that maybe that's less available, if yeah, available at all. Yeah, we've,
1: right? we've talked about that, but that's not even available. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Correctional facility. I got gotcha. you. And
0: so it sounds like there'll be opportunities for volunteers, hopefully in the near future, God willing. Hopefully that opens in the up. near
1: future, we'll get some of them, get some of the older ones back along with some new ones.
0: And is there a way, if people are listening to this and and they're sort of inspired by what you're talking about and Mm -hmm. sort of feeling led to this, is there a place that they can go to maybe get on a volunteer list so when things do open open up? up, Yeah.
1: Well, the best thing to do would be to call me in my office or the volunteer coordinator. Uh, My number is 240-773-9902. And Christine Del Cid is our coordinator, uh, 240-773-9898. Or you could simply send me an email stating that you want to get involved in this ministry. And when the time comes, I will certainly make contact with you.
0: I get you. So can you remind
1: us what your email address is? Uh, Russ.isler at goodnewsjail.org. Awesome. Okay.
0: And I think we can put that in our show notes as well. Uh, And so... Besides volunteering, what are other ways in which people could benefit or bless your ministry?
1: We need, certainly it goes without saying, prayer support. I need prayer support. Uh, We certainly need our financial support. The pandemic has certainly, as it affected churches, it affects ministries. Uh, So we do need that financial support. Uh, You could support the ministry here in Montgomery County by simply making that check out for Good News Journal Prison Ministry, and you could mail it to me in my office for Montgomery County, Maryland, or you could simply send it to the main office. That's Good News and Prison Ministry, PO Box 9760, like our Henrico, like a, like a VA, 23228, and just earmark it for Montgomery County, Maryland, or just put my name on it, and it'll come back to this area. I got you. Yeah, well,
0: that's great. So hopefully people will start doing those kinds of things. Yes. And, and then the other thing that it strikes me is we've talked about ministry within the confines of prison, right? Mm-hmm. So how you've been doing this and, and how we might do it in the future, how you might do it in the future. Um But it strikes me that, you know, a lot of the people that are in jail are not going to spend their lives in jail, right? This is a, a no. season. And so... What are the ways? And this is a big question. know mm-hmm. I know, you can't completely answer it in the scope of the podcast. But what do you think churches can do or do better to help welcome people back? I don't know if the right term post-incarceration right. or what. You know, as people are released back into society, um, what what can churches do to help? Well, there's
1: a word that goes around in this work, and it's called reentry. Reentry, okay. Uh, and it's basically reintroducing people back into society. <clears throat> Uh, The average stay for most inmates is less than uh, 60 days. Okay. Now, that doesn't count those who might be going to prison for a long term, but the average stay, they're not there more than two months. They need a good church to go to. Uh, For years, I've uh, told volunteers, as you come in, let them know what church you're with. Uh, Mm. Find out when their release date is and invite them to come see uh, you at your church. We do a lot of Christmas gift programs where we invite uh, churches to buy gifts for the children of those who are incarcerated. Mm. In years past, I would, myself and a couple of friends and family, we would take the time to deliver all these gifts ourselves, but then you get older, you get wiser, and realize, Mm. no, if the church is going to buy for just, say, five families, it's a great outreach for that church to say, come down to see us on Saturday, whatever. We're going to have a Christmas party. We'd love to meet your family, your children. And then they, you know, receive their gifts. So that's another way churches could get to know people. Uh, but primarily just being available when they are released for a cup of coffee. Uh, ask them how they're doing. Uh, if your church has a van or whatever where they could pick people up, just asking them, you know, would you mind coming to service this week? Yeah. We've been following you through your three months, your two months, your 60 days here, but we'd like to be with you on the outside as well.
0: Yeah, that sounds like
1: great advice. Yeah,
0: for sure. And so you mentioned prayers are one of the things you need. Are there specific things you, the people who are listening, could go before the Lord in prayer
1: for? It? Yes, uh, pray for me that I will continue to be held up to our continuous work of the Lord. Uh, people have often asked me, "Well, when are you leaving?" And, when, and I'm <laughs> right. like, "Well, we we started it, and we we can't think about leaving until we get everything going back the way God would have it to be." Mm. That's I ran into some of my health challenges uh, over the past couple of years. And as you know, one challenge could lead to another challenge. So we're sure. getting past those. It's, it's a process, but I'm a lot better health-wise today than I was six months ago. Still have our moments, but just pray that my, my health will hold up uh, and that God will continue to give me strength for this you know, ministry. Uh, there is so much work to be done still. And we've got so many changes. People have retired. People are moving on, uh, new faces and so forth. And so just praying that uh, the work of the Lord will be able to carry on in a powerful way. Amen. All right. With that, I think I will close us up
0: here. This has been the Meet the Missionaries podcast of Shaded Grove Presbyterian Church. Again, I'm Pat Young. Our co-host has been Phil Fleming. Our audio engineer is Becca Locos, and our theme music is Details by Reflex Imba. I want to thank uh, Chaplain Eisler so much for coming out and joining us today. Again, if you want to learn more about him and his ministry, you can go to the website for the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry. Uh, you can donate. You can call them if you want to volunteer. Uh, lots of opportunities within that for us to to love and serve and share Jesus uh, with the incarcerated and and with the folks who are reentering. So thanks, dear listener, for taking time out of your valuable day. To listen to us. We hope that it was as much of a blessing for you as it was for us. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast. Please share it with your friends. Feel free to like and review us. We would love to hear from you, figure out how we can get better. And until next time, God bless.